was a good friend of mine. Hello and welcome to the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. My name is Kyle Case and I'll be your host on this amazing journey as we attempt to help you get the most out of your life. Listen, going on a weight loss journey at any age, it takes dedication and grit, but losing weight after 60 often comes with its own unique set of challenges. If you're in this age bracket, dropping pounds may not feel as easy now as it used to in the past, but I mean, let's be honest, it was never easy, right? Just because it's difficult though, doesn't mean that it can't be done. So you can still see major changes in body composition after the age of 60, but you do need to be strategic about how you approach weight loss. And uh, being strategic can help you make a difference on the scale. So I found an article uh, online. It was written by Corinne Miller. And in it, I found a few ideas that might help you on your way. So number one, this is an obvious one, but you've got to get aerobic exercise. Aerobic exercise like walking, cycling, swimming, other activities like that increases the amount of calories that you burn. Also, the afterburn effect, as it's commonly referred to, is uh, higher from aerobic exercise when it's done at moderate to high intensity. So this means that you can burn calories even after you're done working out, uh, which is a good thing. Exercise can also indirectly help with weight loss by promoting good sleep, the experts say, and that can help you feel re-energized and ready to tackle the next workout, as well as lower your stress levels. So uh, the Centers of Disease Control and Prevention, or the CDC, recommends getting at least 150 minutes of moderate intensity physical exercise a week. That's about 30 minutes a day, five days a week. So easy, not, not easy to do, but accessible, doable. Number two, this one might not be quite as obvious to everyone, but that is to start strength training. Lifting weights and doing resistance exercise can help combat the loss of lean muscle mass, according to the experts. If you're not sure where to start, try talking to a personal trainer for ideas. And many gyms have one that you can consult for free. Aim to do strength training at least twice a week for the best results. Again, that's according to the CDC. Number three is try to avoid processed foods. Now, this is a tried and true weight loss tip for anyone who wants to shed a few extra pounds. Studies do show that there is a higher percent body fat in those who consume ultra-processed foods. Besides that, ultra-processed foods are linked to a higher risk of several diseases. If you're struggling to moderate your processed foods, start slow and be patient with the process. After all, the goal is sustainable weight loss, so keep that in mind. Number four, keep a food journal. Experts say that can be very eye-opening and helpful for weight loss to write down the things that you're eating. A food journal is a great way to self-monitor. It can also help you see how full you feel after eating certain foods and for how long. So that's something to consider. And then number five is to drink lots of water. Dehydration tends to be more common in older adults. Once again, the CDC says that their water intake is significantly lower than other adult age groups. The U.S. National Academies of Sciences, Engineering, and Medicine recommends that men aim to get 15 and a half cups of fluids a day and that women try to get 11 and a half cups daily. Now, that can be a combination from both foods as well as liquids, but I would dare say that most of us are probably not reaching that uh, benchmark there. So uh, also your brain can mistake your thirst cues for being hungry. So if you frequently have the urge to snack, it may be time to up your water intake. And without going into any details, the other ideas from the article are number six, enjoy healthy snacks. 
Number seven is to load up on fiber. Number eight is to get plenty of protein. Experts recommend aiming to get one to 1.2 grams of protein per kilogram of your body weight. And just a reminder, one kilogram is about 2.2 pounds. So once again, that's probably a benchmark that many of us are not reaching. Number nine is to manage your stress levels. And I mentioned this earlier, but you need to get plenty of sleep for number 10. Number 11, count your steps. Number 12, prepare intentionally nourishing meals. And number 13, lean on your support system. Losing weight is a marathon, not a sprint. And it's easier when you have people cheering you on and providing support along the way. This can mean having your family or your friends support you. It can mean joining a community with similar health goals, talking to your doctor, or enlisting the help of a registered dietitian. So there you go. Just a few tips on how you can drop a few pounds even after the age of 60. Today with our guest, we're going to talk about one of the most challenging aspects of our time. Karen Straw was born in Massachusetts and considers herself geographically challenged, having lived in Colorado, Arizona, Texas, Michigan, Wisconsin, the Marshall Islands, in the South Pacific, and now she calls Utah her home. Karen graduated with her master's degree from the University of Utah in speech-language pathology. She's been working with adults experiencing brain challenges her entire career as a speech therapist. Karen is a certified independent consultant and trainer with Tipa Snow's Positive Approach to Care, as well as a certified trainer with the National Council of Certified Dementia Practitioners. In addition to these credentials, she's also a caregiver for her father, who recently received a diagnosis of dementia. Karen is passionate about the topic of dementia and provides consulting and education for individuals and families impacted with the disease. Karen, welcome to the show. Thank you. Hello. How are you? Uh, we're doing fantastic. We're uh, grateful that you would take some time out of your day to spend it with us. Of course. So uh, we're going to talk about dementia. Yeah, not, let's do it. Not <laughs> always everyone's funnest topic, right? I think it's on a lot of people's minds. I think it's something that we worry about. I think it's something that we're familiar with because we see it around us, whether it's in a family or a friend or uh, a family friend. Uh, yeah. It's not... It's not um, it's prevalent. Let me just say that. It's prevalent in our community and in our society, and it's something that we think about. So let's just start off with what sparked your interest in dementia? So for me, it was the neurological changes and, and challenges that happen with dementia. Um, as also my father, who I live with, is is having his own experiences down that journey. Yeah. Um, it's also something that I, um, I just... I love people trying to live their best life. Absolutely, yeah. And we feel I, pretty strongly about that here yeah. at the World Senior Games as well. Yeah, and I feel like dementia right now is like the cancer word of the 70s. Yeah. Where nobody wants to nobody talk, wants to about, talk it. about it, but it's still there. Yeah, you get that diagnosis. Doctors are even afraid to say the word. You know, they'll say things like brain change or white matter disease. Cognitive decline, all those kinds of things that yes, we're saying now, right? Yes. And so it just becomes something that nobody really wants to talk about. But my goal is to make it something that we talk about. It's not a, de it, well, 
every living is a death sentence. So <laughs> right, it's going to happen to all of us, right? It it's going to happen to all of us. Yeah. So it's something that we need to be talking about. And once we know that we have the diagnosis, then we can tackle it. We can say, okay, what do I need to do? I I know that my brain is going to change to the point that I'm going to need some care, some additional care that I don't currently need. So how do I handle this? How do I do that? As a speech language pathologist, I dealt with that conversation a lot with family members as they, um, as they grappled with the brain changes that would happen with aging, whether that was a stroke or dementia. And well, how do we deal with this? What do we do? How do we, how do we prepare things? You know, what do we need to do with a trust, advanced directives, medical power of attorney, things like that. There's, it's so, that's, I think that's what's so intimidating about it is that it is so all encompassing. Um, When you, reach the final stages of dementia Mm -hmm. you've you've really lost a lot Mm -hmm. and there's a lot of preparation that has to go into it and you mentioned just a a few of the things that are beyond the medical uh aspects of it but your you know your your will and your family and and all the things that uh, the the directives that you want to have happen and so therefore it can be intimidating um, let's understand it a little bit better we we all age we all get older and you, you reach a certain age and um, you know, you, you start to find it more difficult to remember names or where you put the keys, or at least that's the impression that we have, whether it's more difficult or not, I guess right. remains to be seen, but what is the difference or how can you tell the difference between just your typical aging and dementia, which, you know, are two different things and maybe you ought to be more concerned about the second one. What, how do you tell the difference? Yeah. So, so the first one is what I do almost on a daily basis. You know, you're sitting in the living room or you're sitting in the dining room and you remember, oh, I've got to go do something so you stand up and you walk into the kitchen and you're like what what? did I come in here for (laughs) what was I gonna do we've all done that right (laughs) and so then you have to go back and sit down and then all of a sudden it comes up into your mind that's normal aging okay so when stuff like that happens very normal and I say that to myself all the time okay this is normal this is normal aging (laughs) and so but what's not normal is when you become paranoid that somebody is doing something when they're not or when you weren't normally paranoid, or you forget an entire event. Um, Forgetting bits and pieces is normal, but forgetting that the whole thing ever happened. You know, well, um, Jane came and visited yesterday. No, she didn't. I don't remember seeing Jane. You know, no, she, she was here. No, she wasn't. She didn't come. Oh, okay. That's a warning sign. Yeah, that's a warning sign. Those are some things that you need to be aware of. When you start thinking that gypsies are coming into your house and stealing all of your toilet paper. Yeah. um, And you start putting the toilet paper in the closet because if you put it in the bathroom, that's going to be the first place they're going to go. So that's when you start to, you should start to get a little worried. 50% of the people who have dementia recognize that they're having brain changes. Something's not quite right. And something's not quite right. 50% don't. And so that's where the challenge comes with family members is, is that 50% that don't realize it. And how do they, how do they manage that? How do they work through those challenges? I've shared over the years on the show that uh, both of my grandmothers um, suffered from dementia. Um, My, my dad's mom was probably one of those, like you're talking about that didn't know, but, but thankfully she was just happy. You know, she didn't know everybody around her. Uh, but she was so happy and she was so just vibrant and full of life. It's just that she had no idea who she was talking to and it could be her grandkids or her own kids. And she just didn't know my, uh, my mom's mom, on the other hand, 
Um, and this was new to me. I didn't, I didn't know this. I'm glad you mentioned the gypsies coming into your house. It wasn't gypsies for her, but it was kids. Mm-hmm. She would talk to my grandpa all the time about the kids that were in the house or that were upstairs and yep. these darn kids caused some problems. And, you know, my grandpa didn't know what to make of that. Obviously he could see that things weren't going exactly right, but, um, but he didn't know, you know, mm-hmm. so it's so important that we talk about these things. And that's great to know. I think I think all of us have done the stand up, go to the kitchen, can't remember, and then gotten a little worried. Yeah. Right? I think we've all done that. Um, so it's good to know that that's maybe a little bit normal. It is. But it's those big events that we need to be watching for. Yeah. And just changes, acute changes. So if you're, if you're normally social and then all of a sudden you go to an event and you want to leave right away yeah. because you can't handle all of the visual stimulation and all of the noise that's going on. That's where you were normally social. That's probably not what's there's something else going on yeah. if this is a regular thing if you were normally not social and you're going and you want to leave quickly probably not something to worry about it's those acute changes that you want to be aware of okay that's good to know that's great great advice let's talk a little bit about the types of dementia i know yeah. i know that dementia is kind of an umbrella phrase mm-hmm. um i i think we always just go to Alzheimer's like that's the one that we always go to but there's yeah. there's more to it than that right yeah as a matter of fact there is there's there's four total types of dementia that exist and well there's more than 120 versions of types of dementia but there's four main ones that are um, Alzheimer's is one and it's the most prevalent and then you have vascular dementia which can happen suddenly and um it's re- it can be related to vascular changes in the brain. Then you have frontotemporal dementia. Um, Bruce Willis has been diagnosed with frontotemporal dementia. Yeah, we've heard about that one yeah. now because of him, right? Big one, yeah. And then Lewy body dementia. Um, Robin Williams had Lewy body dementia. Okay. And um, that one is more hallucinations, movement disorders, but those hallucinations become... Um, can become pretty vivid yeah. when it happens. So there's also hallucinations with the other dementias, but um, with the Lewy body, it's a little bit more prevalent. So these are phrases, and I and I try to be you know marginally uh, aware of what's going on. But I, I, these are these are types of dementia that I'm unfamiliar with. I haven't heard of any of those. So yeah. again, th- th- this is proof to me that we've got to have these conversations. We've got to be talking about it, right? Yeah. So one thing a lot of times when I'm doing my training or my consulting, a lot of times people will say, well, they have Alzheimer's, they don't have dementia. And what we need to understand is dementia is the last name of the family. Yeah. And Alzheimer's is one of the kids. Okay. Body is one of the kids. Vascular is one of the kids. They have 120 children in this dementia family. And sometimes they have great children, grandchildren and great grandchildren, because (laughs) like there's four subtypes of Alzheimer's, there's subtypes of other dementias. So it's something that we need to be aware of and just think of dementia as the last name of a family. I like that. That makes a lot of sense. Let's go just uh, again, just just from from an understanding standpoint. Sure. We're talking about dementia. You've talked about some of the effects and, and some of the things that we need to watch for and be aware of. What is going on in the brain in dementia? What is actually happening there? Yeah, so in the brain, you're having changes. You're actually having physical changes in the brain where your frontal part of your brain is not um, is not getting as much stimulation and as much blood to it. Um, and so the frontal the prefrontal cortex starts to deteriorate. Um, you also have the most common early signs of dementia are 
from the left side of the brain, which is your language side of the brain. So on the left side of your brain, you can lose um, language comprehension and speech production, which is speech production is the ability to get your lips, your tongue and your jaw to do the right things and say the right words. To move, those muscles need to move in a certain way for us to talk, right? Right, right. So then the right side of the brain is less impacted, although it is still impacted. But on the right side of the brain, you can have um, the the things that retain are the automatic speech. For example, if I were to come up to you and say, hi, you would respond. Yeah, how are you? You just, you know, yeah. what, what socially what to say there. Exactly. You practice that your entire life. It's exactly. just automatic, right? Or you say head, shoulders. Yeah, you know, knees and toes, yeah, right? Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So then, and then you have those automatic autonomic movements, which is if I reach my hand out to shake your hand, I'm going to respond in likewise, right? I know what to do in that situation. And it doesn't matter how, what's going on in my brain, I'm automatically going to do those movements. The other thing that we retain with that brain change is music, poetry, prayer, and counting. So this is why when somebody has dementia, music is so crucial and so important. And there are several YouTube videos that you can pull up that show the influence of music yeah. and how it helps stimulate those that language part of the brain and um, poetry. You can everybody knows you know our father who art yeah you know heaven, yeah. and and so those those recitations that are very common they remain. The other thing that's also um, retained is social chit chat. So that ability to have that interchange of social conversation. Now, these may not be actual real words. It may be what we call word salad. Mm -hmm. But that conversational exchange, the intonation of the voice and things like that, that's very common. That can happen with somebody who has dementia. And they retain that. You retain that. The other thing that's retained is forbidden words. (laughs) And those words are swear words, racial slurs, things like that. Those words stay in the brain. You could and have they a just really, pop out, huh? they never go away. Yeah. They even, even with strokes, they never go away. They're still there. They're burned into that limbic system. That is interesting. That is very interesting. I will say this too, talking of my grandmother's um, music was such a vital and vibrant and just holistic part yeah. of my mom's mom's life. My, my, my grandma uh, on my mom's side, and I know you just said that oftentimes people are able to keep that, but one of the biggest heartbreaks for all of us was that my grandma lost that. Yeah, she played by ear, she could play by oh. notes, she 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 could do it all, but she was kind of a prodigy. Just as a little girl, she could just pick out tunes and she could play it. And um, you know, I I know I sat with her. I was trying to years ago learn the guitar, and she could just you know she in my rock and roll songs, which she had never heard before. She could like listen to it one time and then pick out chords and help me play, which I. I, I stopped doing it. I need, I need to get back to it. I, I don't have that in my life right now anymore. But, um, oh, it just broke all of our hearts when she, when she couldn't play the piano anymore. Yeah, so let me just clarify something. I'm glad you brought that up. It's not, the, it's not what's retained is the ability to play the music. Yeah, yeah. That's actually a really complex cognitive task. Yeah. It's the ability to relate to music. Okay, okay. So it's that, it's that when I was um, a memory care director, we had a dance party every day at 11 o'clock. Yeah. And so we would get up and we would play age-appropriate music and everybody would just boogie to the music. Yeah. And we and had they people... Didn't 
lose that connection. They didn't lose yeah. that connection. We had people who were in wheelchairs who, you know, would have their head d- hung down and all of a sudden they would hear that music and they would start shaking in their wheelchair yeah. and stand up and not move their feet, but um, but just shake they around. They do and, to groove. Yeah, to and the do groove, the groove right. with, you know, groove into Bing Crosby and Glenn Campbell. Yeah. And, you know, another person cool. who died of Alzheimer's was Glenn Campbell. I did not know that. Yeah. Okay. Well, see, it's everywhere, right? Let's talk a little bit about um, caretakers. Now, you're you're involved mm. in this. Your your father is um, has been diagnosed. You're you're a caretaker to him. I think a lot of times that's an area that does. That, I don't want to say it gets forgotten, but it's maybe not quite as prevalent. Talk a little bit about that. What is it like to care for somebody, and what are things that we as caretakers should be aware of? So our care partners are the heroes of the world. Um, they they do so much that nobody knows about in the inside those doors of their home. They are on 24-7. 24-7, yeah. And it's so exhausting for them. And so um, providing and having the right kind of support for the care partner is something that's crucial through the dementia journey. They need to have somebody who's going to take the person living with dementia out to lunch every week, regardless of what their cognitive ability is, isn't yeah. going to be embarrassed if they're swearing up a storm or making racial slurs at dinner. And, and, but they need that break. They need a break. Mm-hmm. They need that break because there is no break from caregiving. There is no break. That's a very, very, very valuable piece of advice there. And uh, it, it really falls on, the community, whether that's family or friends or neighbors, to really help yeah. fill in gaps. And I know that there are professional services that are available as well that need yes. to be considered and explored. But I, I, I appreciate and agree that there's got to be a break. There's got to be a break. And sometimes for some care partners who <clears throat> don't maybe have that network, maybe they moved just before they retired and right after they moved, the, because of the change in scene, that's when the dementia started to show in the spouse. And yeah. so they don't really have a network of people. One of the most important things you can do is five times a day, five deep breaths each time. So you just take a deep breath in through your nose, out through your mouth. Nice count to five. In, one, two, three, four, five. Out, one, two, three, four, five. And you just doing that, a nice deep breath from the diaphragm, will really help lower those cortisol, those cortisol levels, levels. yeah. And it really helps give you that centering that you need as a care partner. And it can make a difference. It's amazing the difference that it can make. Yeah. So five times a day, five deep breaths, five seconds in, five seconds out. Easy to remember. Great advice. Great yeah. advice. We've got about just a minute and a half. We're wow. almost out of time. Okay. It, goes, it goes by fast. It does. Um, quickly, are there any lifestyle factors or habits that can contribute to or mitigate the risk of dementia-related brain changes? That's a big question, but just a couple of things that you can share with us. Yeah, so just what you were saying at the beginning about losing weight after 60. Um, Manage your blood pressure. um, Eat the right foods. Have the right diet. Keep moving. Motion is lotion for your body. And so keep moving. Keep socially active. Um, keep um, Keep doing the right things. And if you don't do the right things one day, it's okay. Just keep doing them. Keep yeah, just focusing do it the next on day. It. Just do it the next day. Quit smoking. If you're smoking, don't drink in excess, you know, just, just be your best self and treat your body kindly. 
I love it. I love it. One of the things that I have found specifically in doing this show, but also just being involved with the games and athletes and, and active aging and all that kind of stuff, everything that's good for you in a way that you think of, oh, this is going to help my heart. It's good for you in your brain as well, right? Yes. That blood flow, the oxygenation, all those kinds of things. If, if it's good for you, if you just think, okay, these are healthy, these are healthy habits that I need yep. to do. That's probably helping your brain health as well. Is that fair to say? It is. It is. And sometimes people, for the one who has dementia, they're like, oh, no, they need to eat the healthy foods. To that, I say, you know what? The dementia's there. Yeah. The dementia's there. Let them enjoy their life. If they get joy from a peppermint candy or ice cream sandwich, go for it. Go for the ice cream sandwich. (laughs) That's right. Very, very good. Karen, thank you so much. Important information that we need to talk about. And thanks for coming and talking with us today. Thank you for having me. It's been great. Awesome. Just a couple of things to wrap us up here really quick. Today is February 29th. It's leap year. I can't emphasize this enough. Tonight, tonight at the stroke of midnight, as the calendar turns to March 1st, individual athlete registration opens. Some of our sports fill up very quickly. And by quickly, I mean in minutes, not in days. So don't delay. Plan to register early. All that information is at seniorgames.net. Our, our guest next week is 99-year-old Betty Brussel, who says she is happiest when she is swimming. Setting world records, which she did just as recently as just a couple of months ago, is just icing on the cake. Uh, tune in next to hear some of her experiences over nearly a century of life and learn some of her tips on staying young and active. Remember to tune in live next and every Thursday at 5.30 p.m. Mountain Time on AM 1450 or FM 93.1 for the Huntsman World Senior Games Active Life. We take this live show, we turn it into a podcast, and you can subscribe anywhere that podcasts are found. If you are listening by podcast, take a moment, give us a rating, write a quick review. It really helps us spread the word. And then, of course, you can find Find this and previous shows right on our website at seniorgames.net. So check that out. Today's inspirational thought comes from Stanislaw Jerzy Lech, who is an, uh, a Polish poet. Uh, and, uh, and their quote is, youth is the gift of nature, but age is a work of art. Until next Thursday, stay active. Stay active.